Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 320 of Selling the Couch. I hope that you're doing well. So I'm recording this at the end of August and, uh, well, two pieces of news One, our little one is starting preschool very soon, the next two weeks. Uh, Actually, gosh, the next week uh, is actually starting next week. And uh, it's it's been quite a journey. Uh, If you've heard previous episodes of the podcast, you know that our little one was, uh, our daughter was a 32 and a half week uh, preemie. And so she came into the world weighing just under four pounds, three pounds, 12 ounces. And, uh, you know, the past four years, uh, I would say 98% of the Fridays I have spent doing daddy-daughter days with her. So some days, you know, going to Target, which is like, I don't know, she really likes going to Target. Other days we've uh, created art and went to museums and went to arboretums and uh, had picnics and a whole bunch of different stuff. And uh, it's, it's, uh, bittersweet uh, to see her starting this. And uh, I'm just so grateful for the privilege. I'm so grateful for a partner that was like very supportive of this idea. And uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of crazy. So uh, we also just got back from two vacations. One, it was just the three. The first one was just three of us to Providence, Rhode Island. And then the second one, we did a friend's vacation to Mystic, Connecticut. And they were just so well needed. And so uh, the rest was just, and the time to just be with other people and relax. It was just, it was so needed. If you are thinking about creating an online course, I know that many of us may be thinking about that right now in the midst of the pandemic and in a post-pandemic world, whether it's just to diversify our income uh, beyond therapy work or uh, just to feel like we have a bigger message to share and we want to be able to share that in a different way uh, beyond just our geographic area. If all of that sounds awesome and you've been thinking about creating an online course, I uh, just wanted to invite you to download the free A to Z online course guide. Uh, I launched my first online course back in 2015 to a $297 first sale And through a lot of just hard work and uh, a lot of trust in colleagues to purchase the course, we've now had over 275 of our colleagues purchase the Healthcasters podcasting course. And I've learned a ton 
about what it takes to launch, grow, and scale a podcasting course and a course in uh, in general. And uh, that guide just has a lot of helpful information to help you get started. We're also launching something called Online Course School. This is a live cohort experience, so meaning that this isn't like a digital course on courses, although eventually it will have that. But this is more of a live experience where we therapists can gather over the course of six to eight weeks. And what I will do is I will teach you everything that I know about how to launch and grow a successful online course. We'll start with your idea and how to validate your online course. We'll then work through what your lessons and modules and all of those different things will look like. We'll actually take time and and actually do exercises to get those down. We'll come up with your course title and your subtitle uh, in a way that your students are excited to want to purchase that course. And then we'll talk about actually how to record and market your course as well. And you'll be joined with others in community and you'll have an accountability buddy and a bunch of really awesome stuff. And uh, if any of that sounds awesome, I encourage you to download again the online course guide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. So we'll get right to today's session. Today's podcast session is actually a coaching call. And my guest is Dr. Heather England. Heather is a coach, a certified sex therapist, a licensed clinical psychotherapist in Overland Park, Kansas. And Heather is part of our online course mastermind, which you can learn more about at sellingthecouch.com forward slash mastermind. And Heather is in the process of creating a course for uh, erectile dysfunction. And she has learned a ton. And uh, as she's about to actually launch this course, uh, we were chatting, you know, in part of the mastermind, you guys get access to a Voxer chat. So a private sort of one-on-one chat with me. And we were just like thinking about stuff as, you know, as Heather's about to launch. And one of the questions that sort of came up for Heather was, you know, how do you, when you have so much knowledge and expertise about a particular area, how do you present that in an online course in a way that is helpful to course students, but in a way that doesn't overwhelm? And that's what we're talking about today in uh, today's coaching call. So if that's something that you have definitely struggled with, I encourage you to, uh, to take a listen and uh, we'll jump right into today's conversation. Here's my conversation with Heather England from lovefilledlife.com. Hey, Heather, welcome to Selling the Couch. Thanks. Great to be here. I, uh, you know, before we even jump into today's conversation, one, I'm so grateful you're, we've been able to connect through the mastermind and just, I don't know, you've, I know I've shared this privately with you, so I will now share this more publicly, but uh, just the way that you approach life and all of the wisdom that you've accumulated in life, uh, it's just been so helpful for me personally, as I, you know, raise a daughter, as we raise a daughter. And it's just, I just wanted to say, like, I appreciate you so much for that. And, uh, Oh gosh, you make me tear up already. Wow, I'm like, yeah, I'm starting to tear up. Thank you, Melvin. That's that's so. God, that made me feel so good. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. I, uh, you have had such a, a depth of life and business experience, and here you are, right, launching an online course. So tell me, like five years ago, did you even think you would ever launch an online course, or is this like? 
Oh my gosh, no. It would uh, the thought of that would be so overwhelming and the thought of the technology and all the things I needed to learn to do it would have just blown me away. Yeah. I mean, I think it is. Like I think one I think so many of us as clinicians like tech there's I feel like there's two like two sides, right? Like one folks like love tech and geek out on tech and the other side is like no, get away, get away, get away. <laughs> so. Totally. I get that. <laughs> So you had, so five years ago, you were like, there's no way I, I would ever launch an online course. What changed from five years to, to now? So as I became a certified sex therapist, and as I started to kind of evolve, um, many of my clients were coming to me with so many sexual issues. And I realized people don't have access to the information that they need to create the rich, vibrant sex lives that they really want. Because we don't talk about sex enough. We're not socialized to talk about sex, right? Culturally, most parents don't sit down and talk to their kids about sex in a way that's really helpful or meaningful. So the more I embraced my own journey as a sex therapist, and as I started going through kind of my own middle years, I realized I needed to embrace my own sexuality too. And in the process, all of that kind of converged for me to realize creating a training for people to help them to show up sexually confidently in their lives would be something that would be really helpful, especially for men, because men don't want to talk about their sexual issues because there's so much shame involved in that. So I thought this would be a safe place for men to go to get training. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one, there's like so many great things you said there. One, I feel like the best courses do take like personal sort of journeys with like clinical information and being able to weave those two in. And then like you honed in on a very specific niche, right? And even like, I know the course is not like a general sexual health course for men, right? Like you actually niched it down. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how like that niche and even how you thought about it and niched it down. Sure. Um, my niche ended up being how to help men and, you know, all people that are male bodied basically, or with any type of erectile issues. Okay. Whether it's diagnosable as erectile dysfunction or not, anytime a man goes into a, an experience, an encounter, and things don't work out the way they want them to, they can't get an erection or they can't keep an erection. It causes so much internal turmoil in that person because the way we're socialized, the myth of the toxic myths of sexuality make them feel like they have to be these great sexual performers. Mm. So I had more and more men showing up in my office wanting help with erectile dysfunction. And as I did research on it, I really learned how much partners need to be involved in the process too, that there is greater chances of success if you include the partner in the entire process. So many men were going to doctors and getting um, Viagra, Cialis, things like that, but they weren't getting the emotional support to work through all of this and their partners weren't getting the support so that they could learn to work together as a team to create the the kind of sexuality they could in those times when partner couldn't get an erection or couldn't keep an erection. Yeah. Okay. So I niched it down to that. 
Mm. And I mean, it feels like, I don't know what it was like for you, like niching down into that. Like, was it, was it scary? Was it like, I see a need there of like, like what happened for you as you were thinking about this course and even having to like niche down from like general men's sexual health? I definitely saw the need based on the people that were showing up in my office. Okay. Cause it's one of the top reasons. Well, it is the top reason that men will go to the doctor is to get help with erections. As I niched down, I was really disappointed with a lack of competent and quality information online. And I was kind of scared by some of the information online. I mean, it it overpromised and underdelivered mm-hmm. in general. There just wasn't access to good quality information. And I read so many research articles because I wanted everything I put out there to be very research driven. Mm-hmm. Competency is really, really important to me. I went back to school later in life to get a PhD in clinical sexology because being the best at what I do is really important. So I just continued to niche down and it made sense the more I did it. Yeah. And the thing I hear in that, and maybe this is like a really basic thing, but like, I think if you're listening and you're launching an online course, one of the best ways to validate a course idea is whether actually people have paid you for that niche in one-on-one sort of context, right? Because I see this mistake a lot with our colleagues, which is they may have an idea and it's like a great idea and then they go and create this course, but it's never been validated through payment, right? And it just, it ends up like not working out. So uh, I love how you approached it. And so we, we're we we're at the course level and tell us before we dive into like the question and, you know, we want, we're going to explore, tell us where you are right now with the course. I know you've done a whole lot of work with it. So Uh, thank you. Yes. Um, I have done a lot of work with it. The mastermind group that, um, that you have started, it has been such a huge help for me because the community has been so supportive and I've learned about many of the technologies and other things that I would have never known about. Right. So it really fast tracked my process through this. Um, but I'm set to launch the course. The first cohort will go through October 1st. And then we will do a four week course. And at the end of each week, we'll have a, a group coaching call to answer any questions and make sure everyone has really learned the content. And I plan to drip out the content across the four weeks so that people actually do each of the lessons because it's all foundational building blocks. And so each part builds upon the previous part. Yeah, that's so cool. So uh, just to even clarify a little bit further, because folks might be listening. So you you are you've got like videos that are pre-recorded and you're going to drip those out over the span of once once a week over the course of 4 weeks and then there's going to be a live like coaching call 1 hour is that right or how long yes okay 1 yes. hour coaching call every week just to make sure that folks if they have any questions any of those kind of things uh, they can be there and you can help them out. Is that right? Exactly. There's videos, there's some robust handouts and exercises that everyone can download for each each individual lesson. There's transcripts they can download so that they have them. And then, yeah, and then we have the coaching call. That's awesome. Is the plan to go to like a full digital course in the long term or is it a like like a cohort-based model or is it some kind of like hybrid like what you're doing or what do you envision? I 
we, we're going to talk about this and I'm sure things will change as we get more data, but what are you thinking now? I think what you just said, things may change as we get more data. I would love to do a cohort going forward because to me, relationships are the most important part of life and they determine the quality of your life. So I want to have a relationship with these students. I don't just want to have this course out there for them to take. Um, I want to help walk them through it. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so that's really kind of my plan, but I need to see what happens the first time around because I need to be able to offer people privacy in the process. Okay. In case they don't want to have their name known or their face seen on a group coaching call. So I, I, I have to feel out all of that. Yeah. How are you actually, I mean, I know that you've probably thought a lot about that, like the privacy aspect. How are you initially thinking about it? Right. Because I, this would be, are they coming onto like a zoom room or like, how are they, how are they doing that? And how would they maintain, like, let's say they don't want their name or face or whatever. Right. So I will give them instructions on how to change their Zoom name that's shown and how to keep the video off nice. if they don't if they don't want to be seen. Otherwise, they don't have to join the live call. It'll be recorded and they'll be able to watch it later. And I'll give everyone an opportunity to submit questions ahead of time. So if they can't be on the call or they don't want to for privacy reasons, I can still answer their question. And if and if I can't get to it in the call, I'll still answer their question. Yeah. I love like how you've put in like multiple systems in place because ultimately like to make, to make folks feel comfortable, right. And wherever exactly. they're meeting them. And I think that's just like such a good, like subtle, but such a powerful way of thinking about it. Right. Because what if, right. Like we hadn't thought, like you hadn't thought through and everybody's expected to like show up live with cameras on. And I imagine there would be like a percentage of people that really wanted to take the course. And then they saw that and they were like, uh, heck to the no, I am not doing that. Right. So exactly. This is a, this is a delicate subject. Yeah. And one of the things that was really important to me in this entire process. And as I filmed it, I wanted I wanted to be a safe space, just like we do in the therapy room. And the feedback I got from people that watched the course to kind of run through it for me, I had counselors look at it, I had clients look at it, mm. was that they felt supported, they felt safe, they, they could feel the empathy mm. as I was doing the training. So it wasn't just that I was giving them the information, but I was doing it in a really caring way. Mm. Yeah, I, I think like, you know, like in, in my opinion and what I've seen is I think the most successful courses, like one element of them is not that they just like regurgitate information because there's so much information out there, right? But it's that ability to share information in a way that's easy to understand, but done with almost like a lens of empathy, you know? Exactly. And compassion. Yes. Um, which I think is it's absolutely spot on. I have a really random question. So you said uh, you're going to give them the option to uh, do surveys or like submit their questions beforehand. How are you doing that? Like, and what tools are you using to do that? No idea yet. Okay. Yeah, I think Google <laughs> Forms could be, a. I mean, I think Google Forms is simple enough. I think the only thing we'd have to think about is privacy aspect, right? Yeah. So I'm using Kajabi as a platform yep. and I 
think there's a way in the course to do comments. So I have to see if there's a way to do private comments to the instructor. I'm sure there has to be. And I just haven't gotten deep enough into the layers of Kajabi to figure that out. Yeah, absolutely. And then even if they're getting information, right, they wouldn't need to necessarily disclose name or any of that information, right? It could just be like, submit your question here, right? Exactly. Um, I think that might be really interesting. Okay, very cool. So the course, uh, the course is 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 up and it's humming, and we're so let's spend the rest of our time. What are you sort of thinking about? What are you struggling with? And we can definitely like think through this together. Great. So as as I mentioned before, competency is really important to me. And, you know, as I've gone through this process, I have tried to pack in every little bit of content that I know about erectile dysfunction and the best interventions that I've used with with my own clients. Um, I've even tested out some of the ones I've used in the course, some additional ones with my clients just to vet them out. But everything's so grounded in research. And I feel in a way like I could be very much overwhelming mm. the student, mm. right? That I'm, it's almost like a fire hose at them with all of this information with so many exercises. And so as I think about future iterations, cause I know I will modify with, with the feedback I get from this cohort, I want to make sure I'm structuring it in a way that is really clear mm-hmm. for the students and doesn't create confusion by giving them too much in any one video or any one module. Yeah. The phrase like simple is elegant, like really resonates mm, for me. Yeah. Um, what a great and, phrase. Yeah. And how do we sort mm-hmm. of simplify, but still have depth to what we're thinking about, right? It's a really good question. So which each of these lessons, right? Like maybe let's just take one example that maybe is on the top of your mind. What might be an example of one you're like, man, this feels like it's a lot of content and how do I sort of distill this down? So one of the modules that honestly, I struggled with whether to keep in the course or not, because it could go, it could be a standalone course in and of itself, is how partners can work together to develop the best sex life. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it goes through a process of having people understand how to communicate. So it's kind of some just core counseling techniques on how, how to best communicate as a couple, but then how to communicate about sex, how to, how to explore what sex means to you. What do you define as sex? Because many people define sex as intercourse Mm -hmm. when really it's anything that gives you pleasure. And when you broaden the definition to that, it can be so many other wonderful things that aren't intercourse related. Um, and if you think about somebody struggling with erection issues, they, they do need to broaden that definition of sex, okay, so that they can have pleasure. That module goes into so many other things. It uses some of Emily Nagoski's um, research and content into figuring out uh, what creates arousal, like what turns you on what turns you off? And then how do you set up a context for a great sexual experience? So those are kind of foundational pieces as I work with couples in sex therapy, whether they have erectile issues or not, that are really important. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. So that module is incredibly robust. It, it could be a mini course. It could how, be a course, quite yeah. frankly. What's your sense of like how long it would take them to just do that one module? The videos themselves, I think are close to 45 minutes in mm -hmm. length in that module. I could have made them so much longer. It was really hard to shorten the yeah. videos. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I could make, I could expand that one to be <laughs> four hours if I needed to be. Yeah. You know, but right. I felt like that needed to be in the course. Right. If I go back to the research showing there's greater success if in the outcome, if you include partners in the process. Yeah. So the course is set up for individuals to take by themselves, even if they're not partnered, but it's also set up for them to include a partner in the process. And there's exercises for partners. There's one whole mo module for partners. So yeah. partners understand how they can be supportive in the process and not add to the shame. Right. You know, one of the things I think a lot of us struggle with this as course creators, but one of the things I definitely struggle with is anytime I'm prepping for like, for you guys, any of these workshops, right? I have 50 million ideas of exercises and things. And then I'm like keenly aware of one of time. And then I'm like always keenly aware of like, I don't want to overwhelm. Right. And I know you're feeling that too. So one thing that's like always helpful for me is, again, I try to go simple as elegant, right? I, I say, I always ask at the end of this, uh, at the end of this module, right? What is the one thing I want them to walk away with? And it's like a tangible thing, like a thing that is actually not like an abstract idea they can just, but they've actually done something, right? Like an exercise, something that they walk away with, right? So it sounds like maybe, and again, you don't have to go back and iterate right now, but like uh, one suggestion I would make is almost have like a, um, a Rolodex of different exercises that you could do. And maybe you could weave in and out depending on the cohort, like on one cohort, you do this exercise, but for the next one, you do a, a second, like a different one from that Rolodex. Mm. Because what I've generally found is like, again, like simple as best, like one exercise, a couple does like one exercise and they sort of reflect on it, right? Like it's the I do, we do, you do exercise, right? And they always, uh, one of the things I, I learned is, so you're doing the I do part, you're teaching, sharing, right? But the thing I learned is you actually want to start at the intersection of we do and you do, right? And try to figure out some exercises that allow them to collaboratively think about it, right? And for them to like walk away with. So for example, it could be, and this is the challenge, I think, particularly for us, the more educated we get, sometimes we think the simplest exercises, they're too dumb and they're too simple. Mm -hmm. So we should not do this like bad idea, bad idea, Heather. But it's actually just the opposite because what we want to do is we want to give them one experience that I call it like an eyes light up moment. Like they mm -hmm. do that exercise and they're like, wow, you know, like that was so insightful. So it's really hard. Uh, and it takes a lot of like resisting, like, you know, like going, I got, but I could give this and this and this. But if you could really think of like one little exercise, right? Because you came up with a whole bunch, right? What would it be like to just the couples just give, do one little exercise? And if you're worried about like, hey, it would be really helpful for them to have that content. Maybe it's kind of like, hey, guys, this is some really helpful content that would be it's optional. And I would highly recommend, but I would highly recommend watching it. But the one exercise I want you to do is this mm. thing, right? So mm. then when they walk into the office hours, they're like, 
oh my gosh, I did this and this is what I picked up on, right? Because if it's a yeah, one what hour, a great idea. Yeah. yeah. And if it's a one hour office hour, right? Like it's way better that everybody has done one ex exercise together and the conversations around that exercise, mm -hmm. it's going to be so much more robust and, the, and they're going to feel connected with one another. And it's going to get to a point where you're merely facilitating conversation, right? That, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, wow. Because I have a lot of exercises in this course. Oh, oh my gosh. Like, Heather, if you look at, like, the online course school cohort, like, I've had backup because I did the exact same thing. I was like, <laughs> you know, throw all these exercises at them because I was so scared of, like, under-delivering and... I was so scared, like I was not going to be seen as like an authority, even though I would never teach on something I didn't, I wasn't actually successful right. do, right? And that fear like crippled and made, it impacted the content I made. Whereas like, I think it's just <clears throat> trying to figure out like, often I think it's the, I just think about like the eyes light up, like what's an exercise where they walk away and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I did this, you know? Yeah. What a great way to think of it. I'll, I'll go back through the course through each module and think about what's, what is the aha moment of each of these, yeah. right? Yeah. And how can I pare things down? So they're getting, they're walking away with the thing that will help them. It's kind of like when I was in the corporate world and I would go to a training, mm. if I walked away from even a day's worth of training with one key learning, right. I felt like it was a success because then I could, it was manageable. Yeah. I could impact, I could, I could do that one key training. I could implement that in right. my life. Yeah. And that's where, that's my fear with a course is yeah. they're going to walk away and be so overwhelmed or be so overwhelmed. They won't finish the course. Yeah. And, and I want them to finish the course right. because I want to help them. That's yeah. why I'm doing this. Yeah, absolutely. I think like, and you're absolutely right. Like the heart is in the right place, right? It is coming from a genuine place of care and wanting to serve well, right? And we have to sort of balance it with, uh, it's a little different from your perspective because you're an expert, you know the knowledge, right? They're coming with a high level of distress and embarrassment and shame and all of this about that, right? And I mean, we know this as clinicians, right? Generally, when somebody is sort of operating on that level, right, probably less is more in general, right? Yeah, so I think the that that's like one suggestion. I think another sort of suggestion, I think you're going to do this, but I just wanted to highlight it here, is after every one of those Q&As or like leave like the last five minutes to do this, just have like a Google form or a SurveyMonkey form created and ask three questions on that. So um, mm -hmm. what did you like about, you know, this week's module? What did you not like about this week's module? And what did you think was missing in this week's module? And then you can set, you can add a fourth question, which actually may make sense for you, which is what would you like to learn in the coming weeks? Mm -hmm. Because it can narrow that gap between what we think they need versus what they actually need, you know? Um, and mm -hmm. I think if you do the survey after every office hour, I mean, after I think you'll get a lot of data versus waiting to do a final wrap-up survey. Right. What a great idea. Yeah. I would have never thought about that. Yeah. That, that's excellent. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, with all of these surveys, it's easy enough. You just create one survey, right? And then just duplicate it every week, right? And uh, what I usually do is I'll leave the last five minutes and just put it in the, in the you know, the Zoom chat. Like, hey, guys, if you mm -hmm. can figure that, fill this out. 
And then I'll send it like the next day, like, hey, everyone, hope you enjoyed, you know, this week's module. Um, if you could just take two minutes to complete this survey, two, three minutes to complete this survey, it just kind of gives me an idea of like what's working and how I can structure this to like help you the most or something. And I just link to the survey. That's all I do. And just repeat, rinse and repeat. I will um, definitely do that. That's great. Yeah. Um, I know that was a lot of information. Uh, what are you taking away and, and what are you thinking as, you know, as you approach this, like, especially I'm, in terms of the content and all that? Yeah, I'm thinking, I, one, I need to listen to this podcast and take really good notes on it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I need to go through my course and figure out how can I streamline this I don't think I will streamline it all for the first cohort, yeah, uh, given time constraints at this point. But, uh, but it'll give me a, a really a good idea of what content hit the most and what didn't. Yeah. And then based on that, I think I'll be able to do that Rolodex idea yeah. and figure out what's the one thing they need in each of the modules, you know. And then I may even need to pull out some of that couples information. And maybe offer that as a bonus, yeah. you know, for them, Get, give some core piece, but then offer that as a bonus module that makes it sounds like it, I'm offering them something else and it's up to them if they want to watch it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that, and I think the Google doc piece and really doing good surveys. And cause I think the idea of this first cohort is to not just help the people going through it, but gain as much information from them about how to modify the course in the future. Yeah, that's 100% accurate. I think a lot of our colleagues, and I have struggled with this too, when we first launched the course, I think we're so immersed with this idea that like the whole point is like helping people and revenue, but it's actually helping people and data gathering is the right. first, right? Because the more information right. you can gather, I think it'll make future things so much better, you know? Yeah. Heather, I, I can't believe our time like flew by, but yeah. uh, I know you were working on this course. You have created a, a beautiful webinar, I'm sure. I was wondering if you could tell us uh, a little bit more about that webinar and uh, where we can find it. Sure. Thanks. Um, so the site is called Love Filled Life. So it's lovefilledlife.com. And on the website, not only will you find the course, but I also, I wanted to help as many people as possible. So I created a free webinar and the webinar is all about how worry about erections and sexual performance contributes to erectile dysfunction. And I really encourage people to watch the free webinar. Even clinicians will, will get a lot out of it. Um, but for many people, it's going to be all they need to overcome their erectile issues. And so it's going to help anybody that watches it because performance worry or performance anxiety, as we call it, it's it's one of the leading contributors to erectile dysfunction, whether it's medically based or not. Because once you have one experience of ED, then you worry about it the next time and the next time and the next time. And so it sets you up for future ED because worry, when you're worried, you have trouble getting an erection. Yeah, so so the webinar is out there. Yeah. Awesome. And it's lovefilledlife.com. Yes. Awesome. Heather, I'm just so grateful for you. Grateful, I think, more than anything for your courage to to do this. And, you know, knowing you, like getting to know you these past like several months, I'm one, just so grateful for your heart and 
uh, the integrity by which you do things and the mindfulness you do things. Mm. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, so appreciate you. And I can't wait for the many people that you'll serve through this course. Oh, Melvin, thank you so much. I've so enjoyed getting to know you better. I've learned so much from you already. And I could say every one of those comments back to you about just having a caring heart and a giving heart and your integrity. So I love having a good relationship with you. I love our relationship. So it's it's meant a lot to me. So thanks so much for having me on the show. You're so welcome. And uh, the feelings are definitely mutual. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hi there. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Heather. And especially if you are thinking about creating an online course and you are at that point, which I think is the vast majority of us, where we have a whole bunch of information to share and we're trying to figure out how to share that with students, but in a way that doesn't overwhelm. Uh, I hope that today's session has just been really helpful for you. You know, this is just based on my experience and and sort of, you know, just just what I've gone through. I think for me, one of the reasons, uh, just looking back, and I still struggle with this, I don't think I have it like all figured out, but I think sometimes one of the reasons why I pack my course with content is because I'm so scared, like no one will purchase. So in my mind, I had this idea that giving more and more information is somehow going to lead to folks purchasing. But the the reality is people that buy online courses, they want to get from point A to point, point B in the simplest way possible. In fact, adding more and more content can actually lead to more overwhelm. And you actually, we, we want to be folks that guide folks on this path. We don't want to be impediments uh, as they're going down that path. So it's just something to think about. And, you know, for me, honestly, like brain spotting and talking about this in therapy has just been so helpful because at the core of it for me, uh, this like fear of like not of giving too much information is rooted in this like fear of not being good enough. And it's just like, it's crazy, right? Like how our traumas impact everything from you know, the business owners become, we become all the way to the course creators we become. So I hope that if you're struggling with that, that you will take some time, whether it's through therapy or EMDR or brain spotting or journaling, or just talking with a trusted friend uh, to navigate and just sort of figure that out and sort through it and navigate it so that when you are creating con- course content, you are creating it from a place of ease and clarity. Heather's website is over again at lovefilledlife.com. That's lovefilledlife.com. And you can check out the course there as well as the free workshop that Heather put together on erectile dysfunction and uh, performance anxiety. I just knowing Heather, I know it's going to be super valuable and uh, just full of really like helpful and quality information. And uh, Heather is part of our mastermind, as she mentioned. And so if you are a therapist that is thinking about creating an online course, and you would just love to be with other therapists as we navigate that world of therapists and course creator, and just want that accountability, uh, as well as just a, a kind of a set framework so you can develop your online course, I encourage you to check out our mastermind over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash mastermind. Our plan is basically to let in new colleagues every spring and fall. So March and September is kind of what we're working with. And uh, so if, you know, you happen to be visit that page and it's like a wait list, feel free to sign up for that wait list. And then I can definitely let you know 
uh, when we do open up enrollment again. Have a great rest of your day and uh, I'll see you next time. Bye. I wanted to invite you to download the free online course guide if you are thinking about launching an online course and just want some things that have been helpful uh, for me and some of the tough lessons that I learned along the way. You can again download that over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. And as I mentioned right at the beginning, we're actually starting a live cohort called Online Course School. This is a great opportunity to join with other therapists to validate and launch and record your online course. The best way to find out about this and to keep updated when the cohort launches is to download, again, the online course guide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.